Hi, I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions and day two of our look through James chapter four. We're going to look at verses four and five today in a chapter that's all about God lifting us up. And we began yesterday talking about the fact that in order for God to lift us up, we have to first face the things that bring us down. Be honest about those things. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that there's something in us that brings us down, our own selfishness. We're never going to get to God's will and God lifting us up by our own selfishness. Today, we're going to focus in verses 4 and 5 on the fact that there's something about this world that drags us down, something we need to be aware of. Listen to what these verses say. James chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? There's something about this world that drags us down. Now, what, what's he talking about when he says the world? Remember, we've talked about this earlier in James. The world, that's a philosophy of life. He's not talking about the physical world. He's talking about a philosophy of life, life organized without God. In fact, if I had to put this idea of the world in two words, it would be without God. It's a without God way of living life. It's not the physical world that we live in or the people in this world. It's this without God philosophy of life. Remember, Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of people in the world. So we're not talking about people in the world. Jesus was a friend of sinners, but he had no friendship with this world, with this worldly way of thinking. It's a way of living that leaves God out. And the Bible says that all of us lived our lives this way in one time. And very clearly, James tells us here, friendship with the world, this way of thinking, is hatred towards God. He's, again, not talking about being friends with people who aren't in church. He's not talking about being friends with people who aren't yet believers. He's talking about involving yourself in a way of living that doesn't let God in. The question is, how do I live in this world, because we all have to, without being a friend of the world? Is James talking here about enjoying a, a beautiful day or a great meal, and I can't do that, or I'd somehow be a friend of the world? Do I have to deny myself all enjoyment of anything that God's created in this world in order to not be a friend of the world? Not at all. The, the Bible tells us to enjoy all things that God has made. Remember, the world is not referring to the things of the world, but this without God way of thinking. So to give an illustration of this, you, you can get on a sailboat and you can, you can let it drive worldly thoughts or godly thoughts. You can let being on that sailboat drive in your thoughts, thoughts of your own greatness and power and self-dependence and look at me, I'm in charge of my world. Or you can allow that same experience to bring you to thoughts of worship, and gratefulness for God's creation and God's blessings. Another illustration, you can buy an item from clothes to a car to a house with an attitude of self-inflating pride. Look at what I've been able to do on my own power. Or you can buy that same item with God honoring stewardship. It's the way you look at it. And the Bible says that when I'm a friend of this world, when I'm living this without God, self-inflated kind of life, the Bible says that's hatred towards God. Now, why, why such strong words? Because your life as a believer is all about a deep love relationship with God. That's why these verses begin with the phrase, you adulterous people. 
James is reminding us here that sin is adultery. Now, I know that adultery is sin. It strikes at the heart of a relationship of love and a family. But he's telling us here also that sin is adultery. All sin, is, is, is there's adultery in it. Why? Because you're having a love affair with the world. Why? Because you're created to be in a love relationship with God. And to instead have a love affair with this world, to go chase after this world, is in a great degree adultery in your relationship with God. All sin, these verses remind us that all sin is sin against love, God's love for us. Our our relationship, your relationship to God is not like some distant relationship with a a king or, or a master and slave. It's an intimate relationship. In fact, the Old Testament paints it often as the relationship between a husband and wife. It's the relationship between a father and child. That means that when I sin, when you sin, we break God's heart. I know there's there's some people out there that think somehow we make God's day when we sin, as if God were sitting in heaven saying, go ahead, make my day, sin, cross the line so I can zap you with a lightning bolt. Nothing could be further from the truth. It doesn't make God's day when we sin. It breaks God's heart because he wants to live in relationship with us. And this without God way of living life, well, James says it's adultery. It's a sin against love. He paints another picture here. He says it's it's making you an enemy of God. Why? Because you're at war with God. You see, as James writes about what this world can do to us, he's reminding us that we, we just don't see how serious our sin really is. Sin is relational. Sin is sin against God who loves us, who, who made us. And we think of it as a, as a little slip or I'm not doing... I'm not doing as bad as I used to do, or I'm not doing as bad as the guy next door. That's how we tend to think of it. But God looks at it as our relationship with him. And he sees our sin as us setting ourselves up on our own throne and making ourselves an enemy of God. If I could just for a moment see my sin as God sees my sin, I'd see how ugly it really is. God, help me to see my sin as you see it so I could let go of it. Sin is relational. So that's why at the end of these verses we just looked at, the Bible says that's why the spirit that God has put in us envies intensely. Now, these verses say that the scripture says this, and a lot of people wonder, where where does the scripture say this? Because there's no one verse that says this in the Old Testament. I believe James here is talking about the entire Old Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, we're told that God's spirit envies his people. In fact, the words God is a jealous God, you see that often in the Old Testament. Exodus 34, 14, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Now, before we talk about what it means to be a jealous God, one other question people have about these verses is, is the spirit here talking about our spirit within us, the human spirit or God's spirit that's been put within us? Well, I think it's God's spirit because it talks about it being put within us. But even if it's our spirit that he's talking about here, the meaning is much the same. God jealously looks for the devotion of our spirit. Or I think the meaning is God's spirit within us jealously works for our devotion to God. It's that word jealously that bothers some of us. It's the idea of a jealous God that gets to some of us. We have a very hard time attributing what we would consider to be negative emotions like jealousy to God. In fact, I've heard people say, I could never believe in a God who says he's jealous. Why? Because for us, jealous 
means selfish. The only idea we have of jealousy is a human self-seeking idea. But for God, jealous doesn't mean selfish. Jealous doesn't mean petty. Jealous means committed to his people. If you have a, if you have a daughter, you, you can understand this. Do you want your daughter to marry the best man for her? Then in, in the positive meaning of this word, you are jealous for her future. You are committed to her best. That's what it means for God to be a jealous God. He is committed to his people. Now, for some, this idea of a jealous God and misunderstanding it is, is just a misunderstanding of words. But for other people, the idea that God would love them with a jealous love is just too personal. If you want to run your own life and ignore God, the truth that he loves you that much and that personally, it's just too much to handle. And so you push back with a lot of seemingly logical arguments, but really the truth is, you're recognizing how deeply God loves you. And you're recognizing that you've pushed that love away and what that really means. You see, as we talk to God today, take a few minutes in prayer. I'd like to take a moment just to say, God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for how deeply and how personally you love me. And if that makes you feel a little uncomfortable because of the challenge that that love might bring into your life, admit it to him. God, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I'd rather have you be far away, but I realize you're not. So help me to really understand what the depth of your love means and how to live in your love, draw from your love. Help me to recognize that for you to have a jealous love for me does not mean a selfish love, but it means you want your best in my life, every day of my life, all the way to eternity. God, help me to see how deeply, how personally you love me. Help the people around me to see how deeply and personally you love us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about trusting God to lift you up.